Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny on the fan with you all the way up to 6.30 all over D.C. Happy Valentine's Day, Danny. Yes, my friend. I, my uh, my wife did the bit where we were like, yeah, no gifts, no gifts, right? So I got her some flowers, which is just sort of a nice thing. And she got me a gift, so now I'm the jerk. See what I'm saying? Like there's an imbalance and she's going to hold that over me. So very my nice. current gripe is, I told you this yesterday, I give my wife flowers all the time. Uh-huh. She is not asked, but I can kind of tell where this is headed. She would prefer me to just give her money to go get her own flowers, not from a florist or anything, but she likes to because she used to do the flowers at the Trader Joe's where she worked. She would, like, assemble them and put them together and put together carnations and stuff. She knows what she's doing. She loves doing floral work, essentially. So she prefers almost that project. She wants to be able to go to a store Trader Joe's or wherever, pick flowers and then put together her own thing. And is one of these people that thinks like, oh, commercially, I, you know, the flowers are not as good as I can do if I go to the wholesale place or whatever. So she just wants me to give her cash to go get flowers. Very romantic. <laughs> the cash. I'm trying to explain to her how awful that feels for me. I have no problem with giving her cash. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. The issue is, hey, what'd you get your wife for Valentine's Day? Gave her a hug and a kiss and handed her 40 bucks. $42.39. <laughs> the cost worry. of tulips. I got her a box of chocolates that was <laughs> half ripped open at the, the CVS, too. You know, it just yes. it doesn't sound no, great. It's not, it doesn't feel as good. Doesn't feel as good. What I don't know really is deep down, is she cool with it? Like, is she in her mind today going, where are my flowers? Even though she has made it pretty clear, this is the operation that she wants. So what I did is she specifically said, don't do this. Certain thing with flowers. Uh-huh. I did it anyway. Yeah. But then I also gave her the money. So really, she's like, "You're just doing this for yourself." Then I'm like, quite literally. Yeah. I I knew, I knew this to feel okay. This is what we like to call. I have to look this up and make sure I've got the right term. Yep. It's a no win situation for you. <laughs> that's right. what, that's what that is. It's tough, man. Because if you do nothing and walk in and go, "Happy Valentine's Day," here's you know here's forty eight bucks. That ain't great. I took my daughter out on a breakfast date today. Oh, that's special. We went to IHOP. Uh, she had a funny-faced pancake. She was loving it. Chocolate milk. Then I dropped her off at school. Uh, really, really cute time. Funniest thing that happened during this extravaganza was the waitress came over. And the waitress at this IHOP was a very young... Everyone's young to me now because now I'm 34. That's what happens. But yeah. she, I would say she was probably 20 years old. Very small, petite, 20-year-old girl, right? Okay. She walks up to the table and she asks what we want. I'm explaining the drink order and making the the funny face pancake order. And she's still standing there. And my daughter looks at me and goes, she has a very cute little voice about the waitress. Who's just a strange comment. Right, just a person. Yeah. <laughs> just, and I just looked at her and she kind of laughed and like walked away. And I was like, what? And she's like, her voice is so sweet. My daughter's three, you know, and I was just like. They just say stuff. It's a very nice voice. You're right. She does. Just a strange thing to say. That when is the a bizarre thing to say. Right there. Uh, last night, we're just telling quick kid stories. Hope everyone doesn't mind. 
basically the pre-bedtime routine, like grappling with my two uh, wild animals, my two hyenas, two sons, right? And there, there's one game we play called Tickle Fight. You can imagine what happens. It's where there's fighting and tickling. So you, you try to pin your opponent down. Tickle Fight's the one where you guys go outside and shoot the basketball, right? No, no, no. Well, we don't get to play that game. Oh. Tickle Fight, you got to pin your opponent down. There's, it's a, it's a, it's a three-way like death match. And if you get them in the right spot, you can find their tickle spot, and that's the whole thing. So my, my, well, I got my oldest pinned down, tickling him. He's, he's pretending that, it's, that it hurts, so he, he yeah. begs for time out, but it's like, I know you're full of it, right? My youngest does this running move, and he jumps, and it, like he does like the jump for a piggyback. You follow me? So you know like a piggyback will work. Not even piggyback, but like a um, stra- carrying on my shoulders. So he jumps, legs go over my front, and he falls back and slams on the ground. And I'm a little bit nervous that like he's concussed or like you know he's in a situation. And I, before I can say, "Are you okay, buddy?" I swear to you, in this exact voice, he goes, "My feet is up." It's a weird thing to say. It was the weird. I was like, I said, "What?" Because his feet were on my shoulders, and he goes, "My feet is up." I have said that a thousand times since then. It was the funniest thing I've ever. Like, I don't know he where said he it got like that. He was in Louisiana. I, I first of all, what old man says that? Who is he's four? My feet is up. I thought that Great. was the funniest damn thing I have ever heard in my life. I just saw this come across ESPN.com. They uh, graded every major league baseball team's offseason because today is the first day of spring training around the country. Pitchers and catchers reporting. We got the World Baseball Classic this year. Yes. Which I'm fired up about. Team USA is going to give it a run against the Dominican Republic and so many other great countries and territories that play baseball around the world. But because the WBC is being played this spring, you know, camp's going to get ramped up a little sooner than normal. But today, here on February 14th on Valentine's Day, every team's offseason got ranked A through F, okay? It's, it's, okay. A, it's a letter grade, so to speak. Uh-oh. What letter grade do you think they assign the Washington Nationals offseason? Incomplete. So whatever's below that. Um, I, it's probably an F. I'll say a D just for fun. I was stunned to see it wasn't an F. They gave him a D. A D. I want this professor. D's get degrees. This is that true? This professor <laughs> is keeping you from failing. I don't. How can you get possibly get an F? He graded on a curve. Additions: Dominic Smith at first, Jamer Candelario at third, and Trevor Williams in the rotation. So you know departures: Luke Voigt, Nelson Cruz. They talk a lot about the sale in their breakdown. You you can imagine. A D, not an F. I'm happy about that. I was kicked in the ribs today, though, because your boy is getting ready. I think I'm going to do the show Friday from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm going to be going down for the Caps outdoor game against the Canes. That is awesome. It's being played right across from their normal building uh, where NC State's football stadium is. I mm-hmm. think is on campus there where the game's going to be if memory serves. But I'm going to drive down Thursday night, and I'll do the show there Friday and then uh, go to the game Saturday. But it looks like no Alex Ovechkin in that game. He is going to miss tonight's game, certainly, and I would imagine at least the next couple. Uh, he is tending to family matters. We can get more into this at 245. But uh, thinking about Ovechkin and his family and whatever's going on there, I don't know what this means. I don't know if he's staying locally with his immediate family or if he has to go to Russia with his parents or what is going on. But it didn't sound like he's just going to miss tonight. It sounds like this could be a few games, a several-day thing. Yeah, and obviously, listen, bigger Things than than hockey matches. Totally understand it. You know it is it is what it is. But it's not exactly kind of as you alluded to. Terrific timing for a club that's not in great standing at this point. They no. need some points here playing against quality opponents. Carolina's really good. Two of the next three games. Florida's they're, they're competing directly with for a wild card spot. 
So, you know, again, there's no good time for something like this to happen, obviously, and it, and it trumps what we're dealing with here on you this stage. You won't knock over your Camelback uh, water bottle and spill lots of water everywhere. I knocked over my water just now, trying to make a point. I was gesticulating with my hands. Hands I karate chop- everywhere. Yeah, I karate chopped the water. That's what was it. I saying? That's not as big as that one big water bottle I have, but that's a big water bottle. And there's lots of water now where Jason Bishop sits, right where the junkies do their TV. Some people might accuse me of disrespecting Jason Bishop's seat. Here comes Ryan with some chop. paper towels. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, boy. Atta boy. Hey, they clean up right What'd you boy. do at work today? Did you work hard, son? I had to clean up the water that Danny spilled yeah. in the middle of the second. Just self-centered me. I'm yeah. normally the guy that spills. I would say that. I've spilled way more drinks in the history of the show than you have. In fact, I had a streak at one point in time when I was in high school going out with my buddies where I spilled a drink at a restaurant like seven You were times. known for it? It was just kind of my thing. We'll get more into Ovi and the Caps, a little update on them and his situation at 245, but hopefully uh, everything is working out with he and the family. News today, really hot and heavy out of the NFL. So let's start on the coaching search front where we are now done, it would appear, with head coaching searches. The Arizona Cardinals were the last team to make a hire, and Adam Schefter reported right before we went on the air, a couple of minutes before the start of the show within the last 15 minutes now, that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be hiring Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles, who just coordinated their defense in the Super Bowl. So what does that mean, Danny? It means in the last 24 hours, the Eagles have lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, and their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, to the last two openings in Indianapolis and Arizona. You could see what all the weight was for, right? You could see why those teams were, were taking their sweet time. Now, there are a couple teams left that have some of that have some openings, including here in Washington. It'll become clear, hopefully, in the next few days as to why they were taking their sweet time. But those head coaching vacancies... They were kind of earmarked for some guys that were doing pretty special stuff on a young staff in Philadelphia. What a massive loss for Philly. Yeah. Neither one of these two specifically, I don't think, is a deal breaker. But collectively, to lose both coordinators in one fell swoop. And I know this happens. Mm -hmm. When you're really successful, when you build a program and a culture of championship-level football, your coordinators leave. That's what happens. I can't recall that often, though, that both coordinators go in the same offseason and certainly not in the span of like 24 day. hours. Yeah. I mean, this is basically one of those. If you were part of a really good program for a while, right, for a team that was already rolling, like if if you come from Buffalo now, you may not get the same shine or Kansas City, as we've seen with Piani. This was this group was awful two years ago. This staff was here. Giant ascension from year one to year two, Super Bowl caliber in in you know in kind of the second year of this program. They're going to be the hot names, and and we've seen it. You know who I would hire if I was the Eagles as my offensive coordinator would be Greg Roman. I think you bring him over from Baltimore where he was operating, calling plays for Lamar Jackson. You plug him in with Hertz, who has played at a higher level over the last couple of years than Lamar Jackson, and I think you can do some of the similar things in terms of the the run past option. You know, some of the, the uh, RPO looks and, and you know, decisions he makes in the backfield to keep or to hand the football off, involve that in your scheme. A lot of people feel like Roman, who's a candidate here in Washington, they're going to be interviewing. In fact, they were interviewing today for their OC job. He has been prolific at designing running games, not nearly as successful scheming up passing games. And so the thought might be, well, Hertz is a really good passer and A.J. Brown is elite, and and Devontae Smith's outstanding. You don't want those two guys to lose any of their luster, but I'd have to remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure their passing attempts were one of the the five lowest totals in the league already this year. 
I want to say at top of my head, only two teams threw the ball less frequently than the Eagles did this season in terms of the percentage of the offensive snaps that they had. And yet, A.J. Brown had a massive year where he was an all-pro type, and Devontae Smith had a monster season. They were very efficient. With Roman, you can still be efficient even if you're not majoring in throwing the football. I think that would be a hire that could make some sense, but obviously they got to get in line because Roman is doing some interviews right now. But I was wrong about the Colts, for the record. I thought they were going to hire Jeff Saturday. I called that all along, said he would be back, and they're going with a qualified, legitimate candidate instead of Jeff Saturday. So, yay, Colts. Hey, all right, Colts. You're hiring an adult, grown-up coach who who actually deserves to be on an NFL sideline. So I was wrong, too. I thought I didn't think it would be Saturday. I thought it was going to be Biennemi. But they were waiting for Shane Steichen all along, I guess. Speaking of Biennemi, why don't we get to Eric Biennemi, who my wife thought was Eric the Enemy. Eric the Enemy. She thought it was some nickname like he was Chance the Rapper. Uh, although the best Eric Biennemi nickname ever is actually Chris Berman still. I don't know if you remember when he used to do uh, his breakdowns of NFL games when Biennemi played. Eric sleeping, sleeping with, with Biennemi, which is just so good. But uh, Biennemi now has a decision to make, right? He can stay in Kansas City and continue to be the coordinator of the Chiefs in perpetuity. Uh, that just means you're going to win some Super Bowls, and you're going to be the coordinator and the, the right-hand man to Andy Reid. And you're going to be with Patrick Mahomes as he ascends to arguably the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Or he can leave, run his own shop, and call his own plays, and very likely get a head coaching job within a couple of seasons after departing. But you might be taking a step back to take a couple of steps forward. And you know this like I do, Danny. The Schefter report last week was that the Ravens and the Commanders were the two teams that had the best chance to go get Biennemi. Today, Baltimore hired Todd Munkin. Munkin, who comes from Georgia, go dogs, where he was outstanding the last couple of years, designing that offense and calling those plays for Georgia as a back-to-back national championship team. He's actually been there since 2020. He was the OC in the Browns in 2019, running some air raid stuff before that. We've seen him as an offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay with the Bucs before that as well. So the Ravens, they did 31 interviews, they said in a statement today, with I think it was 14 different candidates, or it might have even been a couple more than that. But they overturned every stone, and they hired Munkin to come back from the NFL from Georgia. Not the enemy who I don't believe they've even interviewed yet. They had requested permission to and were supposed to interview him this week. I say all this, Danny, to tell you that for all the people who said Biennemi would choose Baltimore over Washington, and he probably would have because they've got Lamar Jackson and he's a better QB option than what Washington has, Uh the Ravens don't have an opening anymore. If you want Eric Biennemi as your coordinator in D.C., Today's been a good day. There's a legitimate shot there. Just sort of looking at the at the other available options, right? Tampa Bay is still vacant. I think Arizona is still vacant as they've hired a defensive-minded head coach. That may be the spot you go. What's the timeline on Kyler Murray? Do you even want to get involved in that mess? I don't know. I've heard folks say this is not a good place. And in general, I agree with you. But this is not your normal offensive coordinator hire. This again, I keep I keep using this one name. It's the Ronald Darby plan. It's it's where everybody's going to benefit. We're going to use each other here. It's an it's a marriage of convenience. This is not a good fit for someone that wants a multi-year journey to be eventually be on a head coaching track. 
That's not what Eric Bieniemy's background is. He's got every bona fide that anyone would ever need, except this. We're hypothesizing this one little, you know, sliver of doubt or shadow of doubt. Can you do this one thing, which is run an entire offense by yourself with no genius behind you or and to your side plays. or whatever, and call those plays? Can you run that whole thing? You would get the chance to do that here. You get the chance to do that in Arizona, probably. You get the chance to do that in Tampa Bay. It's not unreasonable that you would say, I know this place is chaos. I know this place isn't very good, and you're not going to have long-term success here. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to be Ron Rivera. I want to be a guy that is that checks every box finally. I'm going to take this pretty good set of skill position players, a rookie quarterback, take them from 27th to 18th, be thought of as a genius, get a head coaching gig. That's how he would use this place, and Washington would benefit. At 5 o'clock today, we're going to have Alex Gold on, who does radio in Kansas City, who's covered Biennemi for years. I've talked to him a lot uh, about Eric Biennemi. He's got strong takes on him. He's going to join us uh, at 5, and, and we can ask him about whether or not Biennemi would leave the Chiefs for the Commanders. In that 5 o'clock hour, I think it's worth diving into whether or not Biennemi should want to leave Kansas City for a place like Washington. And we can even make the case for the Commanders, as opposed to, say, the Cardinals or the Bucks, from Biennemi's perspective. But let's start here on the MGM National Harbor listener lines next. From the Commanders' perspective, not Biennemi's, will they do what it takes to really commit to the bit here? Meaning, you got a sale coming at the ownership level, possibly. Are you really going to pay Eric Biennemi two, two and a half million dollars, if that's what it takes, to be your offensive coordinator? You're giving him a substantial raise to leave a better building, so to speak. Can Ron Rivera take on that money? Will Dan Snyder, who is about to sell the team potentially, be willing to agree to pay whatever you have to up front of that contract? If there is a prospective new owner getting ready to take over, are they on board with that? Or are you willing, if you're Ron Rivera, to let Eric Bieniemy do what he wants to do and to stay out of it? Or are you going to want him to run the ball more than he did with the Chiefs. You're going to Mike Zimmer this thing. Exactly. Are you going to dictate, hey, we love what you do. We want you to be Biennemi. But you're going to be a, a hybrid of Biennemi and what we like, too. Are you going to actually sit it out and let him be the expert and run things the way he sees fit based on what he learned going to Andy Reid's 500-level course over the last several years? And the last thing I would ask is, are the commanders going to be willing to let Biennemi, if he chooses to, this late in the game now, in the middle of February, Danny, blow out certain offensive assistants to bring in his own guys. Maybe he can bring an up-and-coming p- person or two from the Chiefs building that he really likes. Hey, if I'm going there and I'm putting my neck on the line as a coordinator, I might only get one chance to make this right. I need my quarterback's coach. Uh-huh. I want my running back's coach. I want this guy who's willing to come with me to get at Andy Shadow as well to be the next up-and-comer. I was told in the past, and we've seen it with Rivera, He is very adamant about his guys in the building that he trusts. Kevin O'Connell, as an example, when when he was in the running for OC, may have wanted some people, and Rivera already had guys hired, and Scott Turner was a better fit because Scott had worked with those guys in Carolina. If Biennemi says, I'll come, but I need this raise, I need to be able to do it my way without you telling me or calling any shots on, on what you're looking for from a run game standpoint, and I'm bringing these four coaches with me, and you got to get rid of the guys that are in these four spots, as an example. If you're Rivera and the Commanders, do you say yes to those terms? Should they say yes? I think those are fair questions. Let's let's hit some of those next. We'll give you our thoughts. We'll hear from you as well. 800-636-1067 is the number. 
636-1067, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. We're Grant and Danny getting going today on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're Grant and Danny. This is The Fan. You can hit us up at 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Question for you guys. Todd Monk into the Ravens as their new offensive coordinator today means there's only a few spots left for Eric Bieniemy. And in this game of musical chairs, seats he can sit in include staying in Kansas City, coming to Washington, going to Arizona where they just hired, reportedly, Jonathan Gannon, the D.C. of the Eagles, so he could probably run the shop on offense there, or going to Tampa Bay and coaching with Todd Bowles, a defensive-minded Head coach, but you would think that's four options for him. Probably not any more than that right now. The Commanders have a very good chance to land the enemy. My question is, and Danny, I want to get your thoughts on this before I go deeper into each of these points. Are they going to be willing to do the the three things that I think would be necessary to get him? The first is pay him handsomely. He's leaving a good job. He's been there for several years. You get a raise every year or two in this league. Uh-huh. Coordinators make a million bucks generally if they're pretty good. If you've been around for a handful of years in a spot, you're closer to $2 million if you're having success. If they need to pay him that much or more than that, are they willing to do that with whatever's going on at the ownership level in a sale this offseason, number one? Number two, it does not take a rocket scientist to watch the Chiefs and Andy Reid, who has taught 
you would imagine, be enemy everything he knows. And to look at Washington and say, these are two very, very different offenses. Are they going to let him do it his way? I certainly think he'll run it more in D.C. than he would with the Chiefs because you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to spread you out and sling it around and pass to score and then run to kind of put games away like they have in Kansas City, Andy Reid's never been a run first or probably even a run second guy, do you let him do that? Or are you going to hire him and then dictate that he does it your way? And then the last thing would be, and I think this one is critical, what if he wants to make changes to your staff where you've got a bunch of your guys you're very tight with that have been with you in multiple stops? Do you allow him to do that in the middle of February and bring in two, three assistants from Kansas City and one that he likes from another place to take some of the posts of the guys that you brought here from Charlotte? I'm going to come back to the first question last. I think that's complicated and almost impossible to tell about will the organization pay him. I have no idea how that's going to go. I'll come back to that in a second. The answer to the last two questions is you better. You'd better. You roll out that red carpet. You say, do it your way and whatever he needs and whatever he wants. This is fighting for your life type stuff here. This is fighting for your, your NFL career if you're Ron Rivera. You want to you ever do this again? Or do you want to leave tarnished? Do you want to come out of this car wash dirtier than when you went in? Right? Where the, uh, you implemented everything and you weren't, weren't you know, you're basically the same level of goodness as, as you were when you first walked in the door in terms of this organization and this program. Right? You let him do whatever he wants. You break the rep that, did you hang out with Ron in Carolina? Then you got a job as long as he's got a job. Whether it's everyone from a free agent, from the person that answers the phones, to the training staff, everybody you've hired or brought in hasn't really worked that great. You don't do that anymore. You actually break the mold and you you go get the accomplished person that has kicked ass at a high level that, frankly, you're lucky to get. He should not be available to you. It just happens this one time. His needs might match up with yours. This this is a once-in-a-lifetime type thing, right? Where Biennemi needs one year of apprenticeship running the show on offense to be able to prove that it can be a head coach to some of the last doubters, I guess, out there among ownership, GM, or whatever, right? It just so happens you can offer him that. Very rarely would a place that stinks as bad as this one be able to get somebody with this kind of a resume. Period. End of story. You roll out the red carpet. Whoever you want gone, they're gone. Whoever you want in, they're in. Whatever you want, you get do it your way. My way stinks. The way you do it wins Super Bowls. The way you do it goes to the AFC title game every year. Do it that. Bring me that. Bring me all the excellence you have because my way ain't excellent. Will they? I don't know the answer to that. In terms of payment, that's the most complicated part of all this, and I don't know how we can answer it. To, yeah, to be fair. We can't, really. I mean, it's it's guessing and it's spitballing. There may be no sale and it's business as usual. I mean, for all we know, Dan Snyder is just ready to be the owner this year. And if that's the case, I would say that he'll stroke that check. Mm-hmm. But if you are, see the learners, trying to sell and not add any kind of money to the, the <clears throat> bottom line, it gets a little bit harder to, to make a guy one of the higher paid coordinators in the league if that's what it's going to take to bring him over. I look at the fact that they ranked 28th in yards per play this past year, despite having weapons, you know, McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel and investing two third-round picks at running back. Not even to speak to what they did at the quarterback position this offseason. I look at the fact that they were 21st and 31st the two years before that. They have been a bottom four offense in the NFL in yards per play in two of the three years under Ron Rivera. To your point... I think you got to push the chips in a little bit here. If it means paying more than you'd like to, if it means 
moving on from members on the staff that you like, if it means any of the other changes that might have to come to go get the enemy, uh, relinquishing some of your philosophy and your power and your influence on, on how you operate on offense, now's the time. Yep. Yeah, you're not going to get to hire another offensive coordinator, very likely. Let's go to Benny, who's in Alexandria on Grant and Danny. What's up, Benny? Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Hey, buddy. Doing well. Uh, so I, I personally just think that Ron Rivera needs to do what most of us Commanders fans did when we left the, uh, the old name behind and just embrace the change. Um, too many commanders in the building. You know, everybody's being stubborn. It's, it's not a good look when you're stubborn and you're consistently at the bottom of the barrel. Bring, let, Brian, let the enemy bring whatever, whoever he wants to bring in and implement whatever type of system he wants. Sometimes the run first gets seven minutes, especially in a league that has a pass first mentality nowadays. Appreciate you, buddy. And I, I know a lot of people take issue anytime we suggest that there is this different paradigm between Rivera and pass happy or, or pass first type coordinators. I was uh, interacting with some folks on social media last night on Twitter at Grant H. Paulson. You can follow me. And they were saying, you guys are over-talking about or over-playing the two-to-one comment that Mayhew made in the press conference. And to that, I would say you got the wrong guy. I have said since day one, I don't really believe that he actually meant that they want to run two-to-one. That's silly. Nobody wants to run two-to-one you know, two, two times as much as they pass in this league. I don't believe that. I don't think Rivera wants to. I don't think Martin Mayhew wants to. I think what Mayhew was saying in that press conference, and it's been taken out of context a little bit, and a lot of folks have had fun with it, was that they really enjoyed what they were able to do against the Cowboys. When they were able to dominate them on the ground, run it as much as they want to, and at the end of the game, they'd run two-thirds of the time and they blew them out. Well, yeah, if if they could do that 17 times next year, I'll sign up for that too. You can't, obviously, and they know that. No one's trying to run the ball two-thirds of the time. That's not a thing. But you're lying to yourself. If you don't think that this staff wants to run the football, it's what Ron Rivera's teams have always done. In Carolina, they had the two-headed monster of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, right? They were a run-first team. And when Cam Newton helped take them to the top of the league in rushing with a dual-threat quarterback, it was the focal point of, of the blueprint of what they were. Since he showed up here last couple of years, you've seen this now, right? When they're at their best, it's ball-controlled. It's taking the air out of the football playing defense, winning 17-15. That is, understandably, based on their personnel the last couple of years, what he's wanted to be. But if you extrapolate it back further to when he was in Carolina, it's, it's what he wants to be in the big picture. And over a five-year span, this even predates Rivera to an extent, the Chiefs are number one in the NFL in early down pass rate, and Washington is 31st in the NFL, second to last. There is a differing philosophy whether you would like to acknowledge that or not. And so the question is, do you allow enemy to do it the way he wants to, or do you bring him in here like Mike Zimmer did through every year with another offensive coordinator in Minnesota and then say, we're running the football? The two-to-one thing, you're right, it's overblown. Ron Rivera even clarified those comments as well, and he gave this thorough explanation one of the million interviews he did at the Super Bowl to say, yeah, you'd like to get up and have things based on play action and run a whole bunch to salt the game away. With 10 minutes left, you want to control the clock, et cetera, et cetera. Washington had the number one most times in the NFL last year, by my count, of times they snapped the ball, handed it off to a running back. Other teams had more rush attempts, but those are three teams where quarterback rushing attempts exceeded 100. Washington, 
handed the ball off more than anybody else in the league, and that's what Ron wants to do. Let's go to Anthony, who's in D.C., wants to hop in on Grant and Danny on the fan. What's up, Anthony? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? What's up, bud? Yes, sir. I love you guys. Show. Appreciate you. So, um, I don't know if this is what you, you guys were talking about, but there was a thing about Eric Bieniemy possibly coming, you know, possibly being a candidate to come to Washington as an offensive coordinator. And I've, I've heard people say, oh, you know, well, he doesn't call plays. I, I hear that all the time, but Nick Sirianni didn't call plays when he's with Indianapolis. So, I mean, why is it different for him? But a lot of other people didn't call plays, but it, it's okay for them. It's, so it's, a, great it qu- it's a great question. Plays? And we're, we're basically working back from a result here. Well, we're guessing, right? Because Eric Bieniemy has the resume that you would want, except he hasn't, quote-unquote, called plays or whatever. And we're guessing maybe that's the reason that he hasn't been hired as a head coach to this point, despite having a, an outstanding resume. I'm guessing that that's the reason. I don't know for a fact. I haven't talked to every GM or owner or whomever that's interviewed him or spoken with him, but I'm guessing that's the last missing piece. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of coaches. A lot might be strong, but there are plenty of coaches that get head coaching jobs that didn't call plays. In fact, in Kansas City alone, before him, Matt Nagy and his role got a head coaching job, doing it the exact same way BNME's done it, and Doug Peterson, who's turned out to be a really good head coach, hadn't called plays and got a job. So you shouldn't have to call plays necessarily to get a job. There's a long list of guys who haven't. The other flip side of that is there are guys like Matt LaFleur who leave good jobs. He was the OC with the Rams, went to a worse job to be the OC with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee, had a very average offense for a year, but got to call plays, got the experience he needed, and then he got the job the next year with the Green Bay Packers, right? So there's a lot of ways to look at it. The fact is, for whatever reason, and I think, look, you just look at the raw numbers, Race has to be a factor, perhaps, with or it doesn't have to be, but maybe a factor with the enemy. I, I would say um, you do 16 or 17 interviews, you don't get the job. Maybe interviewing early on was a factor. I have no idea. I, I can't speak to why he hasn't gotten a job. I don't think anyone knows the answer. Should he have to go get a, a play-calling role? No. The precedent says you don't, but this is the reality he's dealing with now, yeah. where Andy Reid's saying, dude, go do this. Go, go show everyone it's not me. And I would also say this, though, really quickly. Sirianni and and a lot of other coaches that have gotten jobs without calling plays, other than the Chiefs examples I gave you, most of the time you're not in the shadow of one of the top five coaches ever, basically. One of the top three play callers and designers of the last 25 years. So there is this feeling that Biennemi is a passenger. I don't think that's fair. I actually think it's ridiculous. But that, when you work alongside Andy Reid, tends to be how... You're viewed for whatever reason. Nagy didn't deal with it to the same extent. Peterson seemingly didn't. But Biennemi is dealing with that. And it is something that he's trying to combat. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Top of the hour at 3 o'clock. The latest in the sale of the Commanders. There was some big developments over the weekend we got to get into here on G&D. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. With Danny, I'm Grant. You're locked into the fan at 3 o'clock. One of the prospective buyers for the Commanders recently toured the team's facility. What does that mean? And Got a couple of details on that we'll pass along. 4 o'clock, we're giving away tickets today, a four-pack of them, to the D.C. Defenders home opener at Audi Field. Football in the city, in the nation's capital, right down here in the Navy Yard. Pretty cool. We'll give away those tickets coming up in an hour and 10 minutes. And Derek Carr set to be released today right at 4 o'clock. So, We'll discuss the first installment, I would say, of a game we'll spend the offseason playing, but Derek Carr versus Sam Howell. We're going to call the game Blank or Howell. So each time someone's in the news, we'll play that game, and today it'll be Carr or Howell, basically. So there's a deadline, basically. It's coming up tomorrow. It sounds like Derek Carr is going to be released today. It is uh, It is poignant. Quickly, though, putting a bow on the enemy conversation. Uh, Alex Gold, Kansas City, going to join us to talk about Biennemi and, and how important he's been to the Chiefs. He does radio out there. He'll stop by at 5 o'clock. But I really do think if you're Biennemi, this job does make sense. You're not leaving Kansas City to go find a better place to be an offensive coordinator. You're not going to. You've got a quarterback on the fast track to be one of the best ever. you got a team that hangs 30 points on accident. you got a team that's going to compete in AFC Championship games for the next couple of years. You're leaving for the sole purpose of being able to actually get credit when things go well and to call plays. That's why you were leaving. His options, if he leaves, which I think he's going to, I was told last year Reed tried to get him to leave and, and he wasn't ready to. I think it's going to happen this time. Washington, Arizona, or Tampa Bay. Those are the three places currently still looking for OCs where you need an offensive coordinator who's going to call plays because you have a defensive-minded head coach. Washington, Arizona, Tampa Bay. Here you've got a young quarterback. If Hal shows major growth or development or has a decent season or then surprises people, yep. you look like a savant, right? This offense has been dreadful. 31st and 28th, two of the last three years. Hasn't been in the top 20 since Rivera got here. Let's just say they finished 16th or 17th. Eric Bieniemy was the, the whisperer. He just put magic potion all over everything. And there you go. He's got a head coaching job. The only way it goes sideways is if the team loses, the offense isn't particularly good, or Hal falls on his face, and, and Rivera gets blown out, and now you're out of work. But if that was the case, you could go right back to Kansas City. You might have to you know, wear it for a couple of years. Be the Alabama OC for a year. <laughs> the <laughs> right. Bill O'Brien program. Yeah, but You could probably Seriously. go back to Andy Reid say, hey, man, I, I need a gig. He, he makes you the, the quarterback's coach. Then you're the offensive coordinator, and you're right back where you started in a couple of years. But it would be a worthwhile shot to just try to skip in line, so to speak. He needs one LaFleur-like season in the middle of the pack calling plays where people go, okay, he can do this. What's your ranking of the three? Um, like, like, Let's say it's Grant Biennemi. I, I think two things matter here. The first is, is Rivera going to let you hire your own coaches? If the answer to that is yes, because I do believe Biennemi is going to want to bring at least a couple, if not three guys or four guys with him. Look, he should. Yeah. I, I don't 
don't want to be working with a bunch of strangers. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is my one shot, and yep. all Ron's guys reporting to him behind my back are in the building? Absolutely not. You're bringing me in. I'm bringing my guys with me that I trust. Same way Ron wanted all his Carolina Panthers buddies he played music with in, in Charlotte, in Washington. If I'm Bien-Ami, I want the same damn thing. And oh, by the way, my guys, unlike your guys, have won something. Yeah, we have a good track record of offense. So I think whoever allows him to bring assistance and will pay him the most. I'm going to say one Tampa Bay, two Washington, three Arizona. I have the same ranking. And for Tampa, I mean, I don't know if it's Kyle Trask or the field or if they're in the market for a veteran because they're an older offense in a couple spots, right? I mean, Mike Evans maybe lost a step but still pretty efficient. Chris Godwin's always hurt but a really good player when he's available. When healthy, that offensive line is decent. Plus, I like Todd Bowles an awful lot as a defensive mind who would probably give you autonomy. But again, it's the idea that the idea is Washington is not ridiculous. It's not out of the conversation. It's not a non-starter. They're very much in it. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. By the way, the Caps are at home tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop. They've got the Hurricanes, who are great, number one team in the Metro, uh, in town. And no Alex Ovechkin, who has left the team to tend to family matters, it sounds like. Could be away from the team for a few games here. Likely to miss now. Saturday's game in Raleigh, outdoors, which is uh, tough. But he's got to do what he's got to do and take care of his family. So hope everything's going okay with the Ovechkins. But you can hear that game tonight at 7 o'clock. Right here on The Fan. More on that coming up in our Beltway Blitz at 4. Next, the latest on the possible sale of the Washington Commanders. There was a prospective owner at the park within the last few days. We'll tell you about that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 